I've been talking about the mystery. And uh, I said some things on Sunday. And then I, I actually said some things on my live stream on, uh, on the Bible study live stream on Tuesday that got me thinking about the subject matter. And um, I, I'm just going to say again what I said on Sunday. I said in adverse times, it's easy to revert to us trying to make things work. The, this, this element of this mystery, which I, I believe is a very deep thing on a spiritual element, I, I mean, it's explained in the Bible. We can start seeing it if we study, but spiritual things are not discerned naturally. And our approach to the Bible, and I know I'm painting with a broad brush, it doesn't account for everybody, but we usually try to make the Bible make sense in our brain. We, we try to calculate out what the Bible's saying, but spiritual things are above natural cognizance. And so if we, and, and it's very natural to do this, but if we can't elevate to a spiritual level, then the only alternative is to to bring down spiritual levels to natural. And there's no power in that. And we, we can say things like, well, yeah, I understand that. That's faith. Well, can you really explain to me faith? I had a conversation with somebody the other day and they were talking about doing things by faith. But then in the conversation of doing things by faith, they <clears throat> demonstrated, demonstrated is not the right word, they, they started talking about their plans and in, in structuring things together. Now, does anybody see a problem with that? What's the problem? Faith puts it together. Faith puts it together, not you. Okay, but, but they, their, their mentality was, and I'm not dogging it, I'm, I'm just, it's, a, it's something that we don't get, is, but I'm putting it together by faith. But, but there's an oxymoron in that. Because faith is what puts it together. If you're believing for something, why don't you allow God to open the door to walk through it? Why do we have to start making a door? How far can we walk with God on a, on a verse of Scripture? That if he says he'll make the crooked places straight and it doesn't look like we're getting there, it's natural now to try to figure out how to straighten the path. Okay, but once you start straightening out the path, You've stepped out of faith and into your own works. And there's a fine line in this to, to am I trusting God? Now, I know Christians will say, no, I'm trusting God. I don't typically say it. Sometimes I do. It's like, well, then if you're trusting God, why are you doing this? Because we think that we are doing it. And, and if we don't understand, so I'm kind of regressing back from the mystery if we can't get out of our natural thinking, how are we going to understand spiritual things? It's like on uh, the live stream, I started talking about when I don't, this, you know, I've said it for years, I don't get sick. I don't get sick. I got sick. Okay, so now, now I can either just say, um, well, you know, it was the devil. No, it was David. I allowed something. I, I, I stopped my focus. I stopped and, and I opened the door for it. And I got to deal with the why. So most people don't want to talk about why they're walking through something that they're walking through. We live in a fallen world. Uh, there's problems that happen. And we serve a Jesus that overcame the world. Well, if we serve a Jesus that overcame the world, why aren't we overcoming in all things? 
Well, I am an overcomer. Well, why are you struggling in life? Because overcoming means that you overcame it. Well, what we have to do is we have to make it make sense in our mind. So we have to bring it down to a level that we can evaluate it. But the whole design of God is to bring us up to a level that it doesn't make sense on the mind level. Amen. So in trying to make this simpler, I'm probably making it more complicated, right? No. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 3.15, lean not to your own understanding. Stop and just think about the reality. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. How do you actually function in this life without leaning to your own understanding? Because there, there, there's an arena of that wouldn't you agree that it's like impossible to do? I have a thinker that thinks. How, how do I become dumb, you know, and don't think in the reality of <clears throat> walking with God? But if you go back to the garden with Adam, Adam didn't think on one level, on this level. He did what God said to do until he started thinking and thought it was okay to do what Eve said. And he destroyed the whole thing. Okay, so there is, now, now we can go into Adam and we can say, because he, he, you know, named the animals. He did all these different things. Just say, say, well, his brain was active. Well, yes, we don't become brain dead. We were given a brain. But at the same time, we've got to lean not to our own understanding. And this is the hard thing to, to, to decipher in walking with God, because if we walk by the Spirit, we're above this natural realm. But we've become so used to trusting in our intellect that we now as Christians believe that our intellect and God make something great. Uh, no, God is great. The more I can get me out of the way, the greater my life can be because I'm not doing it. In Proverbs also, it says, um, there's a way that seems right unto man. But, yet, how many people go the way that seems right? Well, I think this is what we should do. You're already setting yourself up for failure because your thinker doesn't know what's down the road. That's the way the world lives, is in the, their, their mental faculties. Now, your mental fact faculties will get you someplace. The smarter you are, the more skill sets you have, the way you can analyze things will determine how far you can go on the natural. But there's a level, there's a, a plane that we can live on, according to the Bible, that we can live on a spiritual plane, which far exceeds our intellectual capacities. Um, my ways are higher than your ways. This is God speaking, not me. My ways are higher than your ways. <coughs> and, you know, as the heavens are above the earth, so are, are my thoughts above your thoughts. Okay, so, so what we have to come to this understanding that I can yield to, I, I have the option to lean to my own understanding. I have the option of going the way that seems right, but God's told me it's not going to work. So now I have a battle on my hands because every single one of us in here has a belief system. Do you know that there's a flat earth society? They have members. And they fully believe that the earth is flat. And if you go too far, you're going to fall off the edge. 
They believe that all the, like, you know, we got satellite photos of the earth. They believe it's all propaganda. Okay, they, they've got a belief system on this. Okay, well, you've got a right to believe whatever you want to believe, but does that make it right? So that's, that's a problem. Now, none of us are stupid enough to believe something like that, right? Yet we all have a belief system. And our belief system, we believe our belief system is right. We have a belief system on money. We have a belief system on politics. We have a belief system on faith and how it works. And, and if we all just got in a discussion, we might find areas that we disagree with each other. I don't have a problem with disagreement. A lot of people do. Um, but, but we, you know, we have to come to an understanding, but do you ever stop and, and ask yourself, why do you believe what you believe? Where does, where is it coming from? I've talked to many people over the years, they will give me their belief system. They believe it. And it's like, okay, give me a verse on it. Well, I can't. Well, where does your belief come from? Are you using the PFA method to, to establish your beliefs? PFA, pluck from air. I just decided to believe this. I got no basis for it. It's never worked in the past, but I believe it. So God has given us a way to understand. Now, so uh, go to Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Amen. Thank you. Get into the word of God here. I dealt with this on, uh, to some extent on the live stream on um, uh, Tuesday. <coughs> It says, for if one by if if for if by one man's offense, death reigned. Now, that word reigned is a ruling word to reign. By one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. According to this verse, according to Paul's teachings, you and I should reign be in control of life. I mean, just look at your life as a whole. Do you feel like you're in control of it or it's controlling you? So most people with money, because money is like the number one thing that, that functions in all of our life, is that uh, money controls most people. Most people don't control the money. That's why they're broke and not rich. If they controlled money, they would build money, and then they would, as they get older, I just... Uh, read and posted a, a statistic that I read. I can't remember what it was. Uh, somebody just did a, a survey, something like 57% uh, of people over, um, a high percentage of people over like 59 years old have no retirement accounts and have set aside no, and then like 35% of them have set nothing aside for savings for their, um, their later years. I mean, it's just a horrible statistic. Why? Because money controlled their life. They, they had no control over the money. Uh, you take the average person, let me see if I can do it. If you make $100,000 a year, in 10 years you will have made a million dollars. You know that that's actually like a lot of money? But a family making $100,000 a year, after 20 years, $2 million, they're still broke. How does that happen? Because money controls them, they don't control money. Okay, so if you're reigning in life, you're in control of life. You're in control of the events. You have control over the outcome of every situation. And the word of God just said that we can reign in life through Jesus Christ. Now, Adam, prior to his sin, which separated him from God, he reigned in life. He ruled everything. He controlled everything. When he sinned, 
now things controlled him. Uh, even the very fact in reigning in life, if we are employed by somebody else, they have control over our life. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have a job. Uh, in fact, I encourage people to get jobs. But, uh, but I want you to look at just the dynamic of it. If you work for somebody, they have an element of control over your life. You're not in full reigning. Even, even in a reality, <clears throat> and I'm an advocate of, of owning real estate uh, and not renting, but uh, even if you own, you don't really own because if you don't pay your taxes, the government will take it away. I mean, so, so even in the reigning in that arena, there's not a, he said we can reign. There, there's a, a level of life where we are in control of life. But we have, so let me just go back to the real estate. You own your house, you paid for it, it's free and clear. You say, I own my house. You really don't. The government has a final say over it. But, so we, but we've, we've dumbed that down to say, yeah, but I own it. No, you really don't. Now, I'm for that. I'm not dogging that. Get me. I, I'm, I'm talking kind of like what Ralph was talking about on the words and how they make sense. We, we, we don't understand. If God has given us the power to reign, we should have control over all arenas of our life. But there's a, there's a hard thing to get in here. So very few really reign in, um, because we get confused <clears throat> by getting a prayer answered. I get a prayer. Man, I'm walking in authority. I got a prayer answered. That's not really reigning. We should have prayers answered. But we should walk in an authority that is governed by the word of God. Now, what keeps us out of that authority? That's going to come from understanding of the, the Bible, which is going to tie into this mystery that I've been talking about because everything's been created by it and it all operates under this. But if, if, we, if we can't shift the natural thought process, how are we going to move to a higher level? Uh, I was talking to somebody not to, oh, I, I think it was Peter when we were talking and he asked me a question on financial and I started rattling off saying about the finances and the taxes and, and implications. If you do it this way, do this. And he made the statements like, I probably won't remember all this. Remember that conversation? And uh, ju just because I'm, I'm talking on a level of, of understanding that I have that he doesn't have. But then I was talking to Daryl the other day and he was talking about something with electricity and everything like that. And he told me this big old long thing. He says, you understand it? It's not a clue. Because I don't, my brain's not wired for that. Okay, so, so there's levels of information that's higher than, our, what? Uh, hey, that's a good one. I fell into that one, didn't even know it. Um, but there's, can we agree that there's levels of information that's higher than our levels of information? Okay, so if we understand that in the natural, then how do we not understand or at least be cognizant of the fact that there's a level of the spirit that's even higher than our level of understanding? Now, it's easy to say, yes, no, I get that. I, I, I can see where that would be true. Okay, but what are you doing about it? Well, nothing. It's like way up there. No, but God wants us up there. God wants us. But, but getting people out of their, their, uh, their natural mindset, it's a very difficult thing to do. In, uh, 
<coughs> when Joshua, they went into the battle of Ai right after they, uh, you know, Jericho, and then they went to the battle of Ai, he sent 3,000 men because they were the small army, and uh, they had 36 men died. It really messed them up because their mentality was no one should die. Now, you're talking like 1.2% uh, death rate in a war. That's like really good. I mean, that, that would be like, man, this was a major victory. We only lost 36 people, n n not people in covenant with God. He ripped his clothes, threw ashes on his head, cried out to God, why did you bring us here if we're just going to die? Because 36 people died. This is why at Ziklag, when they came in and took David's, um, with the, his army, um, they took their wives, their daughters, and the, the, their stuff and everything like that, that the men wanted to kill him. It wasn't just so much that somebody came into our camp. It's we don't lose. Go in and study their fighting. Those 400 men, they would go in and defeat armies and not lose anybody. They had a reigning mentality that, yes, there's a war in this life. Yes, we are going to have to defend and go after, but we don't lose. It's not okay to lose one person. When they came back and it's lost, it's like, would you do? You got God off our side or something like that? And they wanted to kill him. But, but the mentality behind it, the understanding behind it, is how they approach life. Do you approach life from this mentality or do you just realize, hey, you win some, you lose some? You know, hopefully the wins are bigger than the losses. Even in the stock market, um, <clears throat> they say that if you can be right about 60% of the time, You'll make a lot of money. But why would we accept a 40% loss? It's a mentality. So how do you define, I mean, don't answer me, just think about it. How do you define or what is your definition of rain? Because we all have a definition of rain. And wherever our faith is, that's the level we can reach. So if I, if I can understand my, my understanding of reigning, I know that's the extent of where my faith is going to take me. You know, if my faith is that everything's not going to collapse around me, I might be able to get by in everything, but is that really a definition of reigning? Now, let's go over to Romans 8, just a couple pages to your right. Amen. Are you tracking with me? Yes. I'd be like, Ralph, do you, do you understand? Romans 8, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now, all the people that don't understand the real context of the Bible and think that the Old Testament is going away, there is a righteousness of the law because he's, he's referring here to the Mosaic law, Levitical law, and things like that. So there's a righteousness of the law that might be fulfilled in us. Watch this. Who walk not after. Now, this word after means according to, which kind of makes more sense, at least it does to me, that... Uh, of the lawful fulfilledness, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You and I have an accordion in us. I just thought of that. Um, what are you walking according to? Now, a Christian's going to say, well, I, I walk according to the Bible. Well, then you should reign in life. Because there's only two elements. 
There, there's, there's the system of life and the system of death. There's above all things and in all things. Ephesians chapter 1. Who's, who raised Jesus from the, above every name that's named, seated at the right hand of the Father, chapter 2, verse 6, and seated us in him. We're either above or we're not. There's only two places. So what is my life according to? So, so I, I've, in order for me to look at that, I've got to look at how I transact my life when events happen in life. So, you know, I, I don't mean to be rude here, but most Christians are naive because we just kind of, we, we're just trying to get Jesus to bless us because the reality is God has set up a system that if we live according to the system, everything that he said will work. That's why I've said our lives are the sum total of our decisions. You didn't get a bad rap. I didn't get a bad rap. We all got a bad rap. Came from Adam. It's what we do with that rap. How we respond to those things. So how, do we how are we going to understand the mystery if we can't get out of natural thinking? So let's go to verse uh, 5. For they that are according to the flesh do mind or set their mind on the things of the flesh or the natural. So my according to <coughs> is directly connected to my thinking process. We all have a thinking process. And all of our thinking process is according to something. Now, we have control over that. What was that? Did I just hear that or was that? Okay. All right. Let me get back on track here. For they that are according to the natural do mind or they've set their mind on the things of the natural. When you start talking spiritually to or spiritual things to people whose mind is according to the natural. Now, I'm not saying they're a bad person. I'm not saying that they're living in sin. I'm say, I say they're thinking based on the natural way that you think. Okay, I, I saw a meme. It wasn't spiritual or anything. I bet I thought it was really interesting because it was just a thinking. And um, I probably can't say it exactly, but the, the person said, why do people say that there's bad weather? Because there's really not bad weather or good weather. There's just weather. The only thing that's bad or, or good is the clothes that you're wearing. You might have the wrong clothes for the weather, but it's not that the weather's bad. You're just wearing the wrong kind of clothes for that weather. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because that's a whole different perspective on how people look at the weather. Okay, that, that was a thinking process. Now, we all have thinking processes to how we analyze things. Most people, and again, I'm not being negative, this is the natural. In fact, there's only two ways of thinking. There's thinking natural and there's thinking supernatural. We're born into the natural system. And by default, we will go to the natural system. But you, you can train yourself to go into the spiritual way of thinking. But it takes effort. So when you start talking something spiritual to somebody 
who has a mind according to the natural, they'll never see what you're saying. And they'll even get mad at you if you try to explain it to them. Because it's violating their natural belief system. So let's go back to the verse here. For they that are after the natural, or, or that are according to the natural, do mind or have set their minds on things on the natural flesh. But they that are after or according to the spirit, they have set their mind on things of the spirit. So, so you and I have an ability to set. Now watch this in verse 6. For to be, uh, well, in verse 5. So, so the verse 5 is talking about where we set our minds. This is the thing that, um, you know, I, I'll tell you one of the little uh, fights that Tammy and I had uh, growing up, you know, in our marriage. <laughs> Tammy's more educated than I am. She has a degree. She's a teacher. She had all these things. And she thought according to academics. So we have two girls come along. I don't want them to go to college. She does. Because what does the natural tell you? You go to school, you get a degree, you get a good job, you make a lot of money. It doesn't work. I mean, we got whole histories of that. I mean, only like 3% of people have enough money when they're retired, yet they're following the system that has, it used to work fairly well. It doesn't work at all today. Even today, right now, uh, academics that people get degrees and whatever, only like 20% of them actually work in the field of their degree. 80% of them don't. They just got information in their head. It doesn't work. I didn't want my girls to go to uh, because I didn't want them to get in debt with student loans, which I was very right now. I mean, it would have been a while back. It's really expensive now. But I, I did everything I could to shift their thinking away from college while she was doing everything she could to shift their thinking toward following the, the status quo, the, the culture of what we say works in life. Uh, my girls have done, I won, by the way. <laughs> and, and my girls have done very well. What's that? I let you. Yeah, she let me. <laughs> La later on, she realized, she goes, you're right, and I was wrong. Uh, we'll bring that part in. And, um, <laughs> but my girls at 30 had a net worth. Most people at 50 have no net worth, or it's a negative net worth. But I, I taught them the system. I taught them to think different. Now, this isn't spiritual. This is all natural. But I taught them to think differently than how the system was teaching people to think. Even though, and, and people fall for it all the time because it's the way that, it's our culture. It's what we do. It doesn't work. There's no history behind it at work. I mean, for a small percentage of people, it works. But, uh, but as a whole, it's a system that doesn't work. It puts people in debt and creates an environment that they're struggling to get out of. Okay. But what, what was I trying to do? Well, if you remember my story on raising kids, <clears throat> I mean, at the first juncture, I didn't want kids. Uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an adult. I, I just, let's bypass this whole childhood type stuff and get into adult. I've always been older than what I, what I am. And, uh, and I didn't want kids. Uh, it was four years before Tiffany was born. We were married four years. And Tiffany changed my life. And, uh, but when she was born, um, the thought that, that came to me was that I've got 18 years. I didn't think of it in terms of talking now, but this is actually what I said. I've got 18 years to set the cells of her life 
so she can function without me. So the next 18 years wasn't on trying to be popular with her. It was, how do I teach her to think so if I'm not here, she can get through anything? Because I'm one that believes that, that I can get through anything. I, I don't care what it is. I know that the, the, based on the way I think, based on that I look at facts and I don't look by, at my emotions, I knew there was one female. Uh, she's probably going to be more emotional than I am. But I knew I had the right to, to, to shift the way that she thinked or how she would look at things so she could make the right decision. Okay, most of us don't have people in our lives that are trying to really help get us someplace, and we just all just think based on our experiences and stuff like that. So my girls have done very well, and like I said, and by the time that they were 30, they actually had a net, net worth uh, that was, you know, I'm, I'm not talking a little bit, they've done very well for themselves. And so, but, but I, we focus on that. Now, now, we come to the things of God, you and I still have the right to set our minds. We, we can go to Isaiah 26, 3. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace who keeps his mind stayed on me. We have the right to set our minds on him. Colossians chapter 3, four, um, three 1 through 3. If you be reasoned with Christ, set your mind on things above. You and I are in control <coughs> of what we decide, how we decide to think. Okay, now how important is this? 3 John 2. Uh, John comes to us and he says, um, Beloved, I, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions prospers. So it's interesting that John is speaking to Christians and in two arenas <coughs> that they've been redeemed from, it is their right, prosperity and uh, divine health, is that he has to tell them, I want to see you walk in your redemption, that which has already been paid for, if you can get your mind set right. It's going to function based on where you set your mind and how you think. Because the way this world operates, if we think, Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world. How do you conform? You think according to the natural. Now, the, the natural works in a certain arena, but it's only going to take you so far. Usually when I start talking like this, people think that I'm, I'm you know, being mean or something. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to, to show that the systems are there. We, we have the right to decide how we're going to operate. But most people, you can't. And in the teaching on the mystery, having questions fielded and, and hearing people talk about different things, I, I realize that we're not even close to understanding the mystery because we're still just trying to get out of the feeling arena. Well, I think. Well, you've got a problem right there. Because, see, when Adam started thinking is when he fell. When Adam didn't think, you know, he just submitted. He obviously had an active brain. He thrived. Okay, so, so verse 6 See, the church is not good at separating activities from where our mind is. Well, I go to church, I pray, I read the Bible, activities. But where's your mind when you do those things? 
What position do you pray from? I'm not talking about on your knees, standing up, laying down. From where are you praying? Seated in him or as a victim to a circumstance? See, we, we, we have a hard time. Well, I'm doing all the Christian things, but you're failing to set your mind because when information comes, you try to make it make sense naturally. I don't think that has anything to do with anything. But throughout the Bible, it's very clear the things that we do open the door, close the door of walking in the spirit. Got a microphone? Tammy? So you're talking then about praying from being in a seat of authority, which is that declaring and decreeing versus praying. I mean, because there is a, a place for petition prayer, right? Well, wait a minute. Even in petition prayer, can't we pray a petition prayer from a seat of authority? Why, why, would we, why would we step down from what God created us to be to pray a certain prayer? So versus praying like in a whining mode, Lord, I need you to do this for me because this is what's happening and, and kind of in a, like you said, victim mentality. So like almost like you're coming from a place of I'm failing bail me out or I'm drowning, bail me out. Um, is that what you're talking about? Like seated in authority versus? Yes and no, but I think even the posing of the question shows how that we naturally think about spiritual things. Because if I look at Jesus, did they try to throw him off the cliff? Did he ever change his position of authority? Did they try to tax him? Uh, say like on, you know, money that was not present, but it did, go fish, go get it. Was he ever on a ship that was about to sink? He rebuked the disciples like, we're, like, what's the deal here? So it's a, if I'm seated, I, if I'm seated there and I know I'm seated there, then, then the dynamics don't really matter. Because I know who I am. I mean, if, uh, um, you know, if somebody, if me and Ralph were standing up here and somebody walked in and they're getting ready to throw a baseball at us, there's going to be a difference in our attitudes. Because Ralph has had a lot of baseballs thrown at him. He just has that personality. No, he plays baseball. So he's had a lot of baseballs been thrown at him. I don't have baseballs thrown at me. Now, <clears throat> we don't, I would start, what am I gonna do? Ralph's used to it. It's not gonna move him because he is a baseball player. Just because he doesn't have his, his gear on, his cleats on or whatnot, doesn't make him not a baseball player. So he, he would be already positioned to do that. Or if we went up and uh, we went to a batting cage, Ralph would probably go up there, grab a bat, and he'd be ready, you know, like, like that's the, the base that that machine's going to throw a ball at 90 miles an hour over, and Ralph's going to come up, you know, and get however that thing is. I'm going to get like right here in case it doesn't throw straight. 
Okay, because, because I'm not internally, I'm not that guy. He's going to be far more prepared to do it than I'm going to be able to do it. Well, flip that over into the spiritual realm. If you are spiritual, not, not just because you call yourself spiritual. A lot of people think they're spiritual and there's nothing spiritual about them. Uh, if you know that you live in authority in the realm, there's already a thinking process that has been renewed in that. I don't care what situation I'm in, uh, even in this, in, in me realizing this gunk that got on me, I've been, I've been uh, you know, praying and, and pressing in on this thing, but it was never a prayer, God healed me because I don't feel good. It's God, show me what I did wrong, show me where I missed it. I've got a right to walk in divine, and, and I'm praying still from a position of authority, even though something attacked me, because it didn't change who I was, and I'm not trying to be something now. I'm already there. Go ahead, Octavio. Going back to praying from the position, I find myself sometimes struggling that I've already, it's the fight or, it's the fight or the, the flight. Am I praying from a, a fear position or from a belief position of faith? Okay, well, that's actually a good point because a lot of people do pray from fear. Okay, but, but you've got to, you've got to be honest with yourself. If you're ever going to shift yourself, if you're praying from fear, you're not in faith. Okay, it's a real force, it's a spiritual force, but if we entangle ourselves in fear, we have no spiritual authority within us. I don't care how much of the Bible you know, if fear dominates in your life, um, you, you need to deal with it. Be honest with yourself. Well, I pray in the Spirit four hours a day. Well, it ain't doing you no good because you're still in fear. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be rude, I'm trying to be honest, and it's like, quit, quit pretending you're something that you're not. Now, fear will try to get on all of us. I, I still even have where fear comes and knocks on the door. But you can ask Tammy. I, I give no place to fear. I will push myself into fear and I will beat it uh, to dominate over it. I'm not going to allow anything to, to get me into fear. Why? Because I understand the spiritual power of fear and I'm not going to allow it to get into my life. But there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of Christians who proclaim Christ and live in fear. How do you do that? You have to deceive yourself to be in that position and you have to bring down the word of God. Well, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows you're fearful. Go into Revelations and read about those that are in heaven. Uh, it's not the fearful. Yeah, it actually says that. That the fearful are in hell. Let's don't go there. Um, so then look at verse, uh, verse 6. For to be naturally minded is death. You're operating in the system of death if you are naturally minded. It doesn't mean you're, <clears throat> it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means it ain't going to work. You, you can't be naturally minded. And if somebody starts talking spiritual things to you and you can't understand the spiritual elements and you've got to default back into, well, I don't think that really matters, you're naturally minded. It's far more serious than what you think. So to be naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you know how few, how few Christians actually live in peace? You can't live in peace if you're naturally minded. You have to be spiritually minded because on the spirit realm, that's where peace operates. In that peace, that peace does not mean that there's not negative things going on in your life. It means in the midst of the negative things, you're still at peace. 
because you know that God has already taken care of it. But in the church, there are worry warts. Not in the Bible, just in the church. There are people that lay awake at night worrying about what this and what that. Well, you have to understand it's where your mind is set. Worry is meditation on fear. And a person that's worrying have set their mind on problems. Because, verse 7, because the carnal or the natural mind is enmity or hostility against God. For it is not, it is not, it being the carnal mind, is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So now go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore I say, <coughs> this I say therefore, <coughs> and testify in the Lord that you henceforth or from now on walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, in the worthless thinking of their mind. Quit living in the worthless thinking of your mind. Who is Paul talking to in this chapter? Christians. He's not talking to unbelievers. Who was Paul talking to in Romans when he was talking about the natural mind versus the spiritual mind? Christians. This is not something that is being preached to heathens. He's preaching it to the church. He's preaching it to people that, that say they're following Christ. There is a mind issue that people struggle to, to walk in because they don't harness their thoughts. That's why Paul comes back in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and says, casting down every thought that tries to lift itself up in contradiction to what God has said. You're only spiritually minded if you think spiritually. My word is spirit and it is life. You're only spiritually minded if you analyze life's situations, which is what your brain gives you, the ability to do. You analyze life situations according to what God has said about life. Now, what am I talking about? Your ability to succeed on earth, overcome things on earth, reign. See, we, we've got a lot of, um, uh, well, I won't go there. So verse 18 says, um, having the, okay, let me go back to verse 17. So from now on, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened. So if you're, if you're operating from a carnal mindset, your understanding is darkened. You're not going to see spiritual things. They won't make sense to you. It will frustrate you. You will think that people are just harping on little minors and, and stuff like that because you can't see it because you're blinded. Being alienated, what does alienated mean? Separated from the life of God. So how are you going to partake in this life if you can't, like Ralph was talking about, if you can't see it? Through the ignorance that is in them, you become ignorant. That's not a dirty word. It means you have no knowledge. Because of the blindness of their heart. So Paul is speaking to believers. You and I, the depth, the strength, the ability of what we're able to walk in is going to be in accordance to how we set our minds. And like I said, we all have opinions. We all have ways of thinking. You know, they come from all different manners. Uh, you know, the, uh, the culture of our nuclear family, the culture of our environment. You know, like I was raised in California. You might have been raised in Arkansas. Our cultures are different. 
you know, the, all the, uh, the school we went to, the, I mean, there's just like a whole bunch of stuff that influences how we think. Well, where did that come from? You know, the things that influence us. It came from how somebody else thought. Does that mean it's right? No. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, here's an interesting statistic. Um, and sorry for our educators in the. Uh, but as you know, if you can you can analyze segment groups of um, by their occupation because occupation draws like minded people. In education. There is a high a higher level of financial irresponsibility than there is financial responsibility. You would think that because they're educators, they would understand how to do this. Okay, but, but they're, from a financial standpoint, on just how they handle money, um, the, the, the predominant number, not, nothing's 100%, but the predominant number, they're financially not well off, even though they make very good money in certain parts of the world, or in uh, the United States. You can go into other ones. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you another one. Preachers, as a very high percentage, are very financially irresponsible. Now, it's not totally true, but, uh, but it's, it's very, very, very high, too. Uh, in fact, I, I can give you a few of them if you're interested. Educators, teachers, police officers, and doctors uh, fall into those. Uh, that's why most doctors have somebody else have managed their money. I remember I sued a doctor one time and I garnished his wages. It was an amazing thing. My whole, the whole debt was paid off with one paycheck, but I couldn't get him to make a payment. It was, it was amazing. So I'll, I'll, I'll prop up Liz here. Uh, people that are really good are nurses. <laughs> nurses actually, as far as responsibility, are very much higher than, than some other people groups. But wh what's the point of that? We go into fields of occupation or there, there's a mindset behind they, they draw like people because there's certain personalities that fit in certain occupations. Everybody kind of fits in somewhere. Now, again, not everything's 100%, but as a whole, that's why they can give you a test and they can say, you, you fit personality-wise in these five occupations because they judge it by your personality. So what is the personality or the dynamics? It's how you think. So, so how we think puts us into a category of occupations that we would thrive in or that we might enjoy or, you know, or whatever. Because how we think is very important. But now, if I'm going to walk in the same category or take the same analysis and put it into the spiritual realm, I'm going to have to realize the people that walk in the spirit, they think a certain way. Because Paul dealt with so much here on thinking. Now go to Mark chapter 10. Are you following me? Yeah. See, and here's the problem, is you can even understand me and not do anything about it. Because you and I all think a certain way, and how we think is comfortable to us. Because that's how we think. Somebody might be listening to you think, man, you're like an idiot. But your idiocy that you're talking, it makes total sense to you. 
Um, okay, let me think of another one because that one didn't go too good. Let, in fact, hold off on, hold off on um, Mark, then go to Genesis chapter 3. I don't know if I put this on. Did I put this on there? No, Genesis 3. Because I want to show you something about human dynamics. And so uh, in Genesis chapter 3, I think around verse 9, this is after Adam sinned. Verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees. And the Lord God called unto Adam and, Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. Uh, do you just see what happened right there? See, the an- what was the answer to the question? No, the answer, that was the question. Yeah, it's like, I'm at the third fig tree on your left. I mean, wouldn't that be the answer? Because what was the question? But, but notice the answer. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Have you ever asked somebody a question and their answer has nothing to do with your question? We humans are weird in that we have to assign meaning to things in our life. And when, when life asks us a question, you know, like a problem or whatever, our mindset's going to dictate the answer. And a lot of times that answer has absolutely nothing to do with the question. Why? Because of where our mind is set. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Has, have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee, and that thou shouldest not eat? Now, what's the answer to that question? It's a yes or no question. Have you eaten of the tree? Yeah. The tree that I commanded you not to eat? Yeah. Who told you you were naked? And the man said, the woman that thou gavest me to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat. Well, the same thing goes on with Eve. He asks Eve and she blames it on the serpent. She won't answer the question. We have an inability to assign an answer to the question of life. I hit some toes on that one, didn't I? (laughs) Can you see the connection that I'm trying to make? Our minds are set someplace. And and we we have to assign... Where did I tell you to go before? Mark 10? Okay, we'll end there in Mark 10 if we can go there. There's, There's two answers to every question. A spiritual answer and a carnal answer. Where your mind is set is where your thinking is going to be, which is going to determine how far you can walk and what you can, what you can come out in. If we can get to the spiritual realm, we can start understanding spiritual things, and the answers on a spiritual level are far more powerful than the answers on a, on a, a natural level. You, you could, like, if you get into a financial problem, the natural answer, and where most people default, I need more money. Have you, has anybody ever been there? Amen. But maybe the spiritual answer was this door you opened over there is robbing you of everything that comes in. It's messing with your money flow. 
You, you can't see it naturally. Or this person over here is blocking this thing because of this that happened. If you, can, if you can set your mind on things above, God can show you. You think the clog is over here, but really the clog is around the corner over here. It's like the story I told you about our house, that uh, the door from the, the laundry room into the uh, garage is in this corner, and our bedroom's on this corner. And uh, I was in there getting dressed, and somebody went into the garage, and it shifted the door, and it startled me. And the Lord spoke to me at that moment. He says, this is what happens to my people. They open the door on one side of their life, and it affects them on another side, and they never connect the, the connection to it. See, on a natural level, it doesn't make sense that because I did that, I'm dealing with this. The struggles in your health may be because of how you handled that person over there. Well, that person had absolutely nothing with health, but that opened the door that caused this. Your money never works. It's always short and it's never coming in right. You get a little break and everything falls apart again because you did this over here, but you don't, you don't see that as affecting this. Because all the, it's a legal system. All the devil needs is access into our lives and he's not going to, to fight you on the, at the same level of where you gave him entrance. He's going to hide and come around to a different area where you're not going to connect the dots. But if I can think on a spiritual level, or if my mind can be set on him, then God can show me how to deal with these things. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And when Jesus was gone forth into the way, there came one kneeling and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest me thou good? There is none good but one, that is God. And thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear a false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said to him, One thing thou lackest. Now, get into the mindset of the servant. Ooh, I'm missing something here. I mean, those are all, those are all the commandments. I'm doing all those. What, what am I going to, uh, what did I miss? He's probably perking up his ears to listen. Go thy well way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up thy cross, and follow me. And he was sad at the saying, and went away greed, for he had great possessions. Now, Jesus dealt, that, that actually is dealing with his state of mind. Because his mind was trusting in the money. So, now, hang on, let's see how well you paid attention. What was the question? Okay, what does that mean? Well, how can I make it to heaven? Oh, wait, you, you mean my, my giving's going to have a, an effect on going to heaven? He didn't ask, how could I walk more strongly? He asked, how can, I, how can I have eternal life? How can I have eternal life? And Jesus says, you know how to do that. Follow the commandments, Muriel. Follow the commandments. Oh, I've done all those since my youth. Yeah, but you've missed one thing. The question was still dealing with eternal life, not with just being a stronger Christian. But his mindset, because he could not think of a life without his money, he could not reach. Because Jesus is not trying to make him broke because there's no place in the Bible that Jesus wants us broke. In fact, the Bible says that if you have pity on the uh, uh, the poor, you lend to the Lord and he will repay you. So whatever he sold and gave to the poor, God was on the hook to give it back to him. Go ahead. Um, 
just beholding him love him. That that when I see that it reminds me of I love you enough that I'm gonna tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And you need to listen. You know, it's like a lot of the things that you've been telling us, you know, that you're trying to get into us sometimes are hard to hear. But if you'll listen, then you'll reap the benefit. Yeah. And, and another way you can, yeah, another way you can add into that is that he loved him. He wasn't just trying to get money out of him. Because if you're trying to extract money, manipulate people for money, you don't love them. You love you or you love money. And so this was all done for his benefit. Let me go ahead and just read the last verse. Uh, it's just one verse in Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. This is the story of the Tower of Babel. I'm going to tell you the key to spiritual success here, and uh, you're not going to like it. This goes totally contrary to 2023 America and probably the rest of the world also. Genesis 11 and 6. And the Lord said, this Tower of Babel, they're building this, this great tower. Behold, the people is one. Now, Adam was one with God until Adam rose up and decided to do something. And they have all one language. They all spoke the same thing. And this they began to do. And now nothing, say nothing. nothing. What does nothing mean? Nothing. nothing shall be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. The key to spiritual uh, success, get rid of your opinion. They were one people, one language, focused on one thing. Getting people to walk in unity today is really, really hard to do because we have what? We all have opinions. Well, I think. There's a lot of people, they'll give you their opinion. You just start talking, well, this is what I think about that. We've got to get rid of our opinion. If you can think, if you can become one with God, one on his word, and one in the purpose of what God's doing in this earth, then nothing shall be restrained from you. God had to stop these people because they tapped into a spiritual truth, and he had to stop them, so he, he changed their language. They could no longer speak the same thing. The key to spiritual success is found here. Get rid of your opinions. The problem that everyone has is that everybody has opinions, which are typically based on carnal thinking, on our experiences, our, and don't take carnal thinking as like, like I'm dogging people. It's just thinking of according to the natural. That's why Paul came along in Romans chapter 12 and said, be not conformed to the world. Stop doing it the way the world does it. Stop thinking like the world. Stop thinking the way your, your culture thinks. Start thinking the way that I'm telling you how to think. And if you will think the way I think, you know, God speaking, if you will think the way that I think, then it will all work for you. He put Adam in the garden and he says, here's what you do. As long as Adam didn't get his opinions in there, you know, uh, it would. That, that's why, like, if we're going to paint, if we were going to paint the church in here, we wouldn't let everybody be on the committee. <laughs> See, you're laughing because you know the answer. <laughs> no, I think that we needed this color. No, that's an ugly color. Da, 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 da. I mean, if we went into everybody's house we would find out something. All of our houses look different. It's painted the color you like, because that's your opinion. It's decorated with the decorations you like, because that's your opinion. And then you come into somebody else's house and you think, oh, this is drab in here. I need to get something I like and give to them so that it looks nicer so they can like it too. <laughs> oh, you've experienced that, huh? 
Why don't you just let people like what they like? Because we have opinions. See, if we can apply that into walking with God, you got, we got to get rid of our opinions. God, what do you want? People say, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. And then he tells you something. Say, no way, I can't do that. That's too hard. Let's stand. Any final questions? I heard a yes. I don't see where it came from, though. So. Oh, okay. Hey, let me get the microphone so that they can hear you on live stream. I just wanted to know if uh, when David said, what time I am afraid, Lord, I will trust in you. Or was he walking in his natural, in the natural, or was he walking? Was he speaking in the spiritual? Well, I would say that if he's saying, I will trust in you. Go ahead. So it's, it is okay to be fearful if you're, if, if you're, you know, like brother said, if you're in danger, it's oh. fight or flight. Okay, I, I understand your question. It depends on how we're using fear. In the fearful in the Bible where it talks, uh, I'm fearful of the Lord. That word is a word of reverence. It's like an electrician is fearful of electricity in that it causes him to operate correctly because he knows the power of the electricity, and if he mishandles it, it will bite him. Okay, same thing. We should be fearful of God in that our reverence of God, I, most people are not fearful of God because that's why we violate what God says, because we don't fear him. We should be fearful of him, but that's different from being afraid, the fear, timidity, you know, being afraid this isn't going to work out. Worry, worry. Worry, worry type fear is, is what I was referring to and not, not the fear. Good, good point. I didn't clarify that. Any other questions? Okay. Um, let's pray, dismiss. But I tell you what, it's a, it's a serious thing. We, we've got to understand God's way. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we walk in the fullness of everything that you have for us. God, that we work, walk circumspectly with you, knowing that your word trumps all things and that we get that within us, Lord, and start dealing with how we think, Lord, because if, if we're carnally minded, we don't see it. Lord, we ask you to open our eyes so that we can see it because we'll do activities that we assign that makes us spiritual and, and we'll deceive ourselves thinking that we're spiritually minded because we're doing spiritual activities but we're still thinking on a lower level of the natural. God, open our eyes where we can see it. Help us, God, <coughs> to see beyond the natural things that we see and uh, see the things that we can't see that are written in, this, in the Word. And Lord, I thank you, God, for it. In Jesus' name, amen.